So let's get into it. Today we're going to get into uh, Hebrews, um, continuing our service on uh, Don't Give Up. We're going to be in Hebrews 3, specifically 3, 7 through 15. This is the, the modern problem, right? What do, you, what do you do with your mask when you're trying to get it off your face? So um, we don't actually know who the author is. It's attributed to Paul. But whoever it was, he was writing to early Christians. Christians were just trying to live out their faith. And, of course, they were living out their faith in a time where it might not have been easy to be a Christian. And they might have been living out their faith, faith when it was possible they were dying, being persecuted by being a Christian. So I don't know that we're in a place where we might lose our life to follow Christ, but I know that we're in a place where, where these words are meaningful. So this is what the, uh, the author writes. Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, Today, if you, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart as in the rebellion, as on the day of testing in the wilderness, where, you, where your ancestors put me to the test though they had seen my works for 40 years. Therefore, I was angry with that generation, and I said, they always go astray in their hearts, and they have not known my ways. As in my anger, I swore, they will not enter my rest. Take care, brothers and sisters, that none of you have an evil, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God, but strongly encourage one another every day as long as you can call it today, so that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. For we have become partners of Christ, if only we hold our first con con confidence firm to the end. Would you turn me down just a little bit, please? So let's get into it. Um, there's this concept that if you're not familiar with, you need to be familiar with. It's called the wilderness. The wilderness is a biblical concept, and it determines, or it describes rather, that time when, uh, it, when Israel was in the wilderness for 40 years. But it has become, in the Bible and in today's language, a time when, when you find, or anybody finds themselves kind of going through the difficult and the di tough times. And the, the Hebrews were, were the exact same. You know, they were in Egypt. They were slaves in Egypt. Moses came, and he, he, he got Pharaoh to let him go. And if you remember, every time that Moses went up to the Pharaoh to try and pull his people away, the Pharaoh, it was said, hardened his heart. And we'll get to that hardening of the heart here in a little bit. But eventually, ten of these plagues came, and, and then the Israelites finally left, and they went into the wilderness, and they got to the, the place where they were finally going to get to, and they, they were looking into the promised land, and you know what? They, they actually, they didn't have faith. What happened was they looked, and they saw these really big guys and they said, oh, we're never going to be able to, to, to conquer that land. They're giants. So because of that unfaithfulness, God said, all right, well, yeah, back you go. And they wandered around for 40 years in the wilderness. And in the wilderness, they encountered snakes and they encountered starvation. They encountered dehydration. It was a difficult time. It was a time of trial and testing and tough life. And we see this throughout the Bible. Different people go through it. Jesus went to his own wilderness um, where he didn't eat and was tempted by Satan himself in that wilderness. 
Even Paul, before he became Paul, when he was Saul, after he uh, saw Jesus and kind of had his conversion experience, even Paul went out to the wilderness. It turns out that wilderness is an important function to being a person of God. It would seem that as those who go out into the wilderness, they don't come back the same being as they went into. And I think that that's right. When you go out into the wilderness, you're not the being that you're going to be when you come out. Because if you come out of the wilderness, then you came out only one way. By holding on to God. Everybody else in the wilderness lets go. If you let go of God in the desert, and you don't have any other means of salvation, what do you think is going to happen to you? <laughs> you're not going to have salvation. The wilderness is where God forges His people. The wilderness is where the people of God rely on God, where they sought God, where they held on to God, where they served God, and then God saved them. Because sometimes, and look, can we all get here for a second? Sometimes we, we get in our own little places and we forget how much we need God. Sometimes when life is good, and life is usually good. Can we just get with that? For the most part, if you're hearing me, that means you, you're American, you speak English, and if you're American and you're speaking language that I'm talking to you now, or you're watching, or you're in this room, we have good lives. We have wonderful lives. We forget how blessed we are. But we can, and we do find ourselves in a wilderness, just like the Hebrews have found themselves in a wilderness. And when we do that, and our wilderness can be all kinds of things. It can be, it can be a trial. Um, it can be actually the goodness of life can be a wilderness where we let go of God and we don't remember or know how much we need Him. We fall away. And, and y'all, when I look around, I, 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 and I'm looking at you right now in this building right here, we have all had the opportunity to fall away. How, how many of us didn't need to be here today? Every last one of us didn't need to be here today. We could have gone to Providence, right? Nice big campus. We, we could have gone to any of the Lutheran churches around here. We could have gone to any of the other churches of any of the other denominations or, or maybe, maybe our favorite church, the Church of the St. Pillow and the Holy Catholic Saints. Oh, yeah, well, because the, the, the bed calls all of us eventually, right? And we don't want to go out into the cold. It's cold. We find ourselves going our own way. That's called the hardening of the heart. The hardening heart is something that happens in the Bible over and over again. It started with Adam and Eve, right? That's the very beginning. That's the origin of the hardening of the hearts, where, where the one said to the other, I know what God said, but I also know what I want. I'm going to harden my heart. I'm going to do what I want. And that's the original sin. And from that, that's, that's not original as in like, hey, that's a unique or neat sin. No, it's the, the origin of all sin. And we all possess it. We all have the desire within us to do what we want to do and not what God has designed for us to do. And that is a hardening of the heart. It happened with Pharaoh. It happens with you. It happens with me. It happens with all of the people who ever pull breath. And then we abandon God. It's not a will we. We will. We absolutely will. We 100% will abandon God. The Israelites did it when they finally walked away from God in the wilderness. Can you imagine watching God perform 10 plagues over and over and over and over and over and over again? And then, and then saying, ah, you know, maybe this God's not got it all together. Maybe I know better than him. As they're in the wilderness. It kind of blows my mind. How could anybody come to that conclusion? 
But it happens. It happens with these early Christians. These Christians, the one to, to whom Paul is, is writing in, in, in this book to the Hebrews, you know, they're falling away. This is probably about the second generation, right? So you got the people who were, who were there with Jesus, and these are, are maybe new converts or their kids, and they're falling away. They're going back to the lifestyle that they had come to. They're going to a lifestyle that's pulling them away. Right? Wouldn't it be nice? Wouldn't it be great? Wouldn't it be better if we could just, I don't know, go to the temple over there with all that other you know, religion or whatever? They got a whole place that's already set up. Why are we meeting in each other's homes? Why are we going through all of this hard work? Why are we being persecuted? If I just gave up this Jesus, says the early and ancient Christian, then life would be easier for me. I, I wouldn't have to worry about whether someone's going to catch me praying and then die because of it. I could just continue to live my life. And I could go eat literally of the fat of the lamb as they're sacrificing to their gods and giving away all of their sacrifices to the people. It would be an easier life. I think we can say that about ourselves. You, crazy and faithful people, sitting in a gym on a freezing January day, as we're all wearing masks going through a play. You are the crazy, beautiful, faithful people of God. What are you doing here? What are you doing here? Wouldn't it be easier to do all the other things? Wouldn't it be easier to, to stay at home? Wouldn't it be easier to go to any other church that actually has seats instead of folded ones? Wouldn't it be easier to be at any place other than here right now? I want you to see what you're doing is a brilliant move. Because the world is full of storms. That's kind of the essence of the hardening of the heart. That, that we all find ourselves in the storms of life every single day. Right? In all these seasons of our life, there's never a season where there's not something happening. And when we find ourselves in those storms, that's where we need the light the most. Right? In the storm, that's where we need the lighthouse. So you, crazy, beautiful, wonderful, faithful people of God at Christ's South are the light of the world. You're not doing the easy thing. You're not going through the motions. What got you here today? Are you like, oh, I'm bored? No. There's something deep inside of you, and I'm going to call that a soul, that yearns for something more. I'm going to call that the Holy Spirit. And He's pulled you to this place so by this simple little action, our collective light might shine in the darkness. This is what Jesus says about such things. This is um, in Matthew 5.14. You are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hid. No one, after lighting a lamp, puts it under a bushel basket. But instead, they put it on a lampstand, and it gives light to all of the house. In the same way, let your light so shine before others that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. And so, I want to encourage you strongly. The, the Bible uses the wor word exhort. We don't use that word too much anymore. So let me encourage you. Let me let you see what you're doing. That you are doing exactly what God wants you to do. You are doing exactly what Christians have done from the beginning of ancient Christianity to today. You are doing the exact thing that the Holy Spirit has put you in the world to do. Continue doing it. Don't stop doing it. Continue on 
being the light for the world. And when the world says, well, why do you worship in a gym? You can say, because the Holy Spirit's there. Because that's where God shows up. Because that's where I'm fulfilled. And you can be too. Continue sharing your message to the world. Because it's not just you who are in the wilderness, y'all. We are all in a wilderness right now. If ever there was a time when the world was in a wilderness, it is now. And what I hear, and this is what I hear, I actually just had a conversation today, that um, in our world, as we get on social media, we feel like we are more connected but I don't know that that's true. I think we're actually more disconnected. That the real connections, the real relationships, the things that fulfill us don't happen online. They happen in person when you can grab somebody and you can touch them. And I get it. We need to be apart. We need to be socially distanced. I'm not trying to say that what we're doing is wrong. But what I'm saying is literally what we're doing right now is so right. It is God's will. You are a part of it. You get to be a part of how he is looking, how he is working, how he is showing up in this world by showing up in this gym, by showing up in someone else's life, by sharing with them your life in Christ. So I want to exhort you, I want to encourage you strongly to hold fast to being the church, to bearing with one another, to sharing your faith with others, because Christ never said that you would be without suffering. He never said that it would be easy. He said that it would be worth it. Don't give up.